1: in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott with you tonight on Inside Sports. Got some Edmonton Elks football coming up tomorrow on this very station. More on that in a second, but uh, I told you... A veteran Edmonton Oiler was calling it a career. You already know that Duncan Keefe did that exact thing a few weeks ago. Now Kyle Turris has uh, hung up his skates rather. He's joining actually the BCHL's Coquitlam Express. Now you may remember he played for the Burnaby Express back from uh, 2005 through 2007. That's where he was drafted out of. Had um, a reasonable NHL career all things told. He was drafted of of course, by Phoenix at the time. Uh, He played in just 23 games for the Oilers last year in his final year, but uh, 776 games over 13 seasons for Kyle Turris, who hangs him up at 34 years old. There you go. Uh, Football, though. Week eleven of the CFL season, you've got the two and seven Elks heading back out east, which is the only place they've been able to win for a couple of seasons now. They're walking into Ottawa into a TD place building where the Red Blacks have had very little success. It's a it's a quite an eerily similar story to what fans of Elks football have endured at Commonwealth Stadium, having not witnessed a win there since October of twenty nineteen just one of the last 19 games blades in ottawa has gone the way of the red blacks so they're looking to turn things around they're 1 and 7 on the year that is the league's worst record you, you might say this is the season right here at least this two game series is for both of these teams because they should both be looking at it like these are are winnable and frankly, must-win games. AJ Jakubik covers the Red Blacks out east for TSN 1200 radio in Ottawa. He's on the line tonight. Appreciate you joining, AJ. How's it going?
0: Outstanding. Looking forward to this uh, big home-and-home here that uh, I'm sure both sets of fans are hoping for a home win, so we'll see what we get uh, tomorrow night in Ottawa.
1: It'll be uh, interesting to say the least when you've got two teams coming in with the records that they do. No uh, no need to sugarcoat this one. Two and seven versus one and seven. Uh, we're very familiar with how the Elks have been getting in their own way, shall we say, over the last uh, few weeks. What's been going on with the Red Blacks, AJ, that's led to uh, their uh, early season struggles?
0: Yeah, I, I think... Uh you Know a, a variety of reasons you, you kind of divide it into two segments with Masoli, without Masoli. With Masoli, you know, I felt they should have won a game, um, maybe two, but but probably one. Um, you know, they, they got Winnipeg back to back, then they played BC at home, then they went to Saskatchewan, and, and it was a tough start. And they deserved a better fate in their first two games against the Bombers, at least the split. Uh, They were played off the park at home by BC and certainly Saskatchewan deserved a win. So maybe if they come out of that stretch 1-3 and and with a healthy Jeremiah Masoli, it's a different story. But the reality is they were 0-4 and and they lost their starting quarterback. And then found ways to lose the next couple of weeks. Got a big win in Toronto. And, um, you know, even though defense and special teams were pretty good against Calgary in a 17-3 loss and their touchdown came on a pick six. Uh, the offense uh, wasn't good enough. And, and that's been the story here really since the 2018 Grey Cup. Uh, after that game, they lost Trevor Harris and William Powell and Sir Vincent Rogers and Greg Ellingson to free agency. Uh, didn't have enough talent, in my opinion, the next couple of seasons. And the offense in particular really struggled. And, you know, back-to-back three-win seasons. This was an season where the offense was supposed to be fixed. And I think a lot of optimism with Jeremiah Masoli and Jalen Acklin and Darvin Adams and a brand new offensive line across the board and William Powell. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, even with Masoli was underwhelming, but since that time, certainly with Caleb Evans, um, it's, you know, it, it was okay for a couple of games, but certainly not good enough against Calgary. So, uh, you know, these are massive games, I think, for both franchises. I You know, I was joking with Morley and Dave today uh, at, at walkthrough that, you know, obviously both these teams would have looked at the schedule and, and, and saw the opponent and, you know, circled a, a couple of possible wins. But I'll just look at it from an Ottawa perspective. You're one in seven. You've only won one of your last 19 at home. I get a lot of Edmonton's lost 12 in a row at home. Uh, the, the fans here are basically at the end of their rope. And uh, they they desperately need a win tomorrow night to send the fans home happy and give them some life. If they can find a way to win a couple of games here against Edmonton, and that's a big F, because you got to take it one at a time. And I don't think either team can, can pencil this in as a win, given how they've performed this year. Uh, but if they win these games, they have a legit chance to make the playoffs because, in the East right now. No one is running away with it. I actually think Toronto's the worst team in the East, but you don't play the game on paper. You play the game on the scoreboard. Uh, the reality is, Ottawa's one and seven. Yeah, they've got basically their middle of the pack in most of the categories around the league, and they've got a minus 40 point differential, which is pretty impressive for a one and seven team, but they're one and seven. And if they come out of this weekend 1-8, and eight, the season's over. If they come out of this weekend with a win, they give themselves another chance. They have three left against Montreal, two left against Toronto, two left against Hamilton, and two left against the Elks. Uh, to me, those are the, the, the four bottom teams in the league, along with Ottawa, right? They, they'd all be in the same category. So you have a chance to, to make some hay and make a bit of a run, but you, you can't, can't even think of making a run until you win a football game. Until you win a home football game, and that starts tomorrow night from an Ottawa perspective. So I, I think, to me, uh, I don't know how you, you view it from an elsewhere perspective, but uh, to me, the season hangs in the balance with this game in particular tonight. And, and you know, if, if they win, then I might say the same thing next week in Edmonton.
1: AJ Jacobick from TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Um, yeah, Jalen ackland has been a fantastic acquisition more than you could have expected him to be. And frankly, he's an acquisition that's actually been on the field for the team this year. And it's panned out second in the CFL 715 receiving yards. And I'll tell you where he won me over AJ is when he flashed the, uh, the wrist bling down the sideline uh, past the Hamilton Tiger cats. It was a simpler time and a better time earlier in the season. I, I suppose, but uh, he's got a little bit of swagger. I wonder what you think Ackland brings to this team.
0: Yeah, I love his personality, and he brings it on the field. He's really competitive, and he is legit one of the top receivers in the league. Unfortunately, like he's still beating himself up over an early pass that he dropped against Winnipeg that would have gone for six against the Bombers, and maybe that helps turn the game, but that's water under the bridge. It feels like there's been one of those types of plays in every close loss. So he's been a revelation. He's a legit number one receiver in this league. But I I think, you know, we saw with Calgary last week, they really tried to, to shut him down, doubling him at times. And, um, you know, that, that left uh, Caleb Evans looking for other options and not finding those other options uh, as he was checking down. So um, we'll, we'll see if that's a sign of things to come. If, if other teams copy what Calgary did and, and, if other teams do copy, if Ottawa is able to adjust. So, that's going to be a fascinating storyline this week uh, because uh, certainly the Stampeders uh, were able to do a number on Jalen Acklin and the entire Ottawa offense two weeks ago.
1: Edmonton's run offense has been a struggle. Its run defense at times has been perhaps even worse. And I wonder what really the significance, AJ, of William Powell's uh, absence at running back this week is going to be for Ottawa's chances.
0: Well, I, I think. They should be okay. I mean, uh, William Powell is their number one running back, and in a perfect world, you'd like to have them healthy. I do like the one-two punch that they've had. They even used the one-two punch with Jackson Bennett and William Powell You know, throughout the last few weeks. So a little bit of thunder and lightning in the sense that uh, the thunder would be Jackson Bennett, but the starting running back would be Devontae Williams, and he's a guy that certainly has uh, some explosive speed that if he can find some space, Uh, he could be pretty dangerous. So, and then the other factor here, and I've talked to a lot of different people about this, right? There's there's a lot of people wondering why Caleb Evans is starting at quarterback this week, given how poor he played uh, the last game against the St. Peters. Now, he did play two pretty good games before that against Montreal and Toronto. But, uh, you know, a lot of people are clamoring, and not just fans, for Nick Arbuckle. That's, you know, when I talk to some of the football people uh, ex-CFLers, um, they, they thought it was time for Nick Arbuckle uh, to get his opportunity. He got some more reps this week, right? They had a couple of short weeks. So coming off a of bye week, he did get more reps in practice, Arbuckle, and, and that's uh, certainly something to watch. But back to the running game, you know, one of the things that, you know, one CFL ex-player told me was that maybe they're going to Caleb because, you know, the, the Elks are so poor in terms of their run defense and, and, you know, gives them another, option, uh, to, to beat them, uh, maybe with Caleb's legs along with, you know, that, that combination of Jackson Bennett and Devontae Williams. So, uh, the running game is going to be crucial. If they, you know, when they haven't had a running game, you know, and, and this is always the case in the Canadian football league teams are able to kind of pin their ears back. They know what you're going to do. And, uh, you end up in second and long all the time. And that's, that's, uh, an uphill battle as an offense. So when you've got the running game working, when the Red Blacks have had the running game working, they at least give their offense a chance, and that's going to be crucial to their hopes tomorrow night against Edmonton.
1: Uh, money hunter former edmonton elk has was excellent to begin the season hot start for him three interceptions out of the gate uh, a few weeks off of injury and then he came back and now he's out again uh, i'll ask you again of the significance of not having this player at a time where this team needs to start racking up some wins
0: yeah defensively last week they were rock solid again they gave up nine points other than the uh three field goals, a single, and uh, an interception for a touchdown. And Money Hunter, when he came back from injury, uh, he actually moved off the boundary corner because Hakeem Bailey was so good in his absence, they put Hunter next to him at boundary half. So it, it's a loss. There's no doubt about it. But Randall Evans, they got enough enough good players in that secondary across the board. Randall Evans, Sherrod Baltimore, Abdul Kenna, and, and certainly what... Hakeem Bailey has shown so far has been very impressive, uh, the rookie out of West Virginia. So, um, yeah, no doubt you want to have your best players and and money is one of the better uh, defensive players in the league, one of the better uh, uh, certainly corners in the league. But I, I think that's an area where they do have some depth and should be able to make do
1: does it feel like this there's still a real opportunity here in this season given the way the east division has has played out and i you know you kind of hinted towards that uh, andrew harris going out for the rest of the year that's really going to hamper what toronto had been able to put together here does it feel like despite the one in seven record that the next half of the season could really be wide open out there
0: uh, if you ask me uh, tomorrow night after the game, I'll be able to give you an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, the bottom line. I, I can't sit here today when this team hasn't won a home game um, and, and tell you that, you know, that this team's going to go on a roll. They need to win a game. They need to win a home game. They need to win this home game because uh, the Elks... I, I, know, I know they've got... I, look, I grew up in Edmonton. I, I grew up a fan when they were in the Eskimos. I remember the dynasty... I want good things for this franchise. I think the Elks are the worst team in the league. I do. Um, they got two wins. Yeah, they're 2-0 against the East. But they seem to get blown out by everybody else. And, you know, most of the other games around the league this year have been pretty close games. So I, I have the greatest respect for Chris Jones uh, and what he can do uh, as a head coach and, and certainly what he can do on defense. So they are a wild card. Uh, but I, I think based on the whole of the first half of this season, I view the Elks as the worst team in the league. And maybe I'm going to be proven wrong and they're going to go on a run and win seven or eight games. I just think their time is not now. And, and look, Ottawa's time, you can't say is now because they're one and seven. But that point differential, I, you know what? I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of different sports. And I always look at goal differential in hockey, goal differential in soccer, point differential in football. and And I think over the course of the season, it tends to kind of even out, but you have to start winning close games. You have to stop beating yourself, and and th- and that's the bottom line for this Ottawa team. Yeah, they look great against Winnipeg. They still didn't win. Yeah, they looked, you know, like they're every bit the team as Montreal, Toronto, and Hamilton. Well, they still lost two of those three games. They're going to have to beat Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal out of those seven games at least five times, and they're going to have to sweep the Elks. It's as simple as that. That gives them eight wins eight wins in the East this year, make the playoffs. So uh, the math's pretty simple. If they lose this game, season's over. Simple as that. Uh, You know, I'm not one to wave the white towel. (laughs) Certainly as a team broadcaster, you know, probably should have a little bit more optimism, but the reality is, you know, you you, you see the same movie week in, week out. And early on the schedule, you could say, okay, yeah, it's not an excuse. It's a reason, right? Um, It's a reason. In terms of why they're 0 and 4 to start the season, maybe they could have or should have been 1 and 3, but they weren't. But now that they'll played every team in the CFL after this week. And if you come out of this week after playing every team in the CFL and you're 1 and 8 and you're at the halfway point, season over. So simple as that from an Ottawa perspective, they need a win. Um, if they win, they've got a chance. It uh, doesn't mean anything. You're still 2 and 7, still have a lot of wins ahead of you. But yeah, you do have. At least some of the teams that are around you in the standings in terms of caliber as well and the teams that you have to beat to get into the playoffs down the stretch so it's in your hands. But I'm not even going to go there unless they win this game tomorrow night. And if they do, then they live to see another day. If they don't, season done.
1: AJ, appreciate the time. Enjoy the game when the the kickoff uh, officially happens.
0: My pleasure, Brendan. Have a good
1: one. AJ Jakubik from TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Elks, Red Blacks tomorrow, 5 o'clock here on 630 JED. Right now, we'll press pause on Inside Sports. Brendan Escott in the chair tonight for Reed, 654 in Edmonton. Week 11 of the CFL season, the Elks looking just for their third win of the year, but if you look at the road record at 2-3, you think it's achievable. You think that if you're looking at going 1-0 each week, pretty darn good week to go 1-0 couple lineup changes to tell you about David Beard the center for this team the one snapping the ball back to Taylor Cornelius who's been a staple on this offensive line all year he is out and will be replaced by Mark Cordy who slides over from the right guard position Uh, Tomas Jack Cordilla will uh, slot into Cordy's right guard spot on the O-line so for the first time in I want to say probably seven weeks or so. There's a bit of a shuffle up on the offensive line, and in the uh, in the back of the offense, slot back uh, Dylan Mitchell, who I remember playing in the uh, in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12. Now I guess it is. Well, maybe not anymore. With. But... USC and Cal leaving. But anyway, uh, he was playing with the Oregon Ducks, was Dylan Mitchell. So excited to see him make his debut. He draws in. Deron Carter slides from safety to cornerback. So we'll see him out on the uh, the strong side half there. And then I Polite is a player with NFL pedigree. He was selected in the third round of the 2019 draft by the New York Jets. So he slides in behind Matt Thomas, and that's a part of a defensive line group looking to get some pressure, not on Nick Arbuckle, but Caleb Evans, who will start at quarterback, as you heard there from A.J., much more coming up on this Nazem Kadri contract. He's a Calgary Flame for the next seven years. $49 million for Naz, the cup champion. Logan Gordon from Sportsnet 960 will fill you in, fill you in on how the, uh, how the reaction was down the QE2. It's Brendan Escott in tonight. Up next to Global News Weather Traffic Update.